The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, January 7th, 2018, season 14, episode number 108. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. And uh, we got an hour with you guys today. We're going to break down this Cowboys big full win hour. for a full hour. Uh, well, about 57. Are we doing an hour for the playoffs now? No, 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 okay. no, it's just Monday. It's just Monday. That's what we do on Mondays. Uh, we're talking about the Cowboys big win. Cowboys get the win. Their first uh, playoff win of the postseason this year. Hopefully that continues. They win uh, and beat the Seattle Seahawks 24, 22 uh, in a game that although the score was really close, I don't know that the game was as close as that toward the end. I kind of felt at the end like, OK, Cowboys kind of had this have control of this game. Got a little nervous there for a second, but Pretty much the Cowboys play the kind of game that they need to play. Let's go around the table. Let's get some big picture views of what your thoughts are coming out of this game. This game, Dave. Let's start with you. Oh boy, put me on the spot. Um, that that I mean, that's the blueprint right there, isn't it? Like everything that this team does well and needs to do well in order to win games, that's what they did. Kind of kind of soured on how I don't how bad they were on defense at the end there. I mean, you know, to give up such an easy drive after being so dominant. I mean, if they if they play on their screws that last possession, you're talking about Seattle probably having less than 250 yards of offense. That's amazing. Um, so sucks that, you know, just a just an uncharacteristic break in coverage on the Tyler Lockett play to get them down into the red zone. But other than that, the defense was dominant. They were physical. The run game was clicking, and then Dak was Dak. Love him or hate him, he shows up when it, when it's crunch time and makes a play, and uh, he got he gets his first playoff win. So that's I mean, the run game, the quarterback being clutch in spite of his warts, and the, I mean I can't say enough about the defense. Even even with this is my favorite stat, even with the seventy five yard touchdown drive at the end of the game, Seattle did not crack three hundred yards of offense. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, so there, yeah, that's it. Amber. Well, as far as the offense goes, when this game started, I, I was pretty excited by what I was seeing. The fact that they were getting a lot of guys involved in the game and it was working out. Obviously, the Alan Hearns injury happened and then it kind of died down a little bit. But I thought that they did a nice job just kind of getting the running game, the passing game allowing Dak to run a few times. I think that worked out well. They were able to move the ball and that hasn't necessarily been the problems for the Cowboys moving the ball. It's just once they get into that red zone area that it becomes a problem. But again, the defense at the beginning of the game, the way they were able to hold down the Seattle offense and Russell Wilson, to me, that was amazing. It wasn't a great game towards the end of the game, but as far as how it started out, they, they did more than enough. And that's the kind of balance you want on your team. How Your long, defense to be able to do that, and then what? How long into the game did it take the Seahawks to get their first first down? Like uh, fourth possession. That's insane. First three possessions were three and out. 
That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Amazing. No, it's amazing. And yeah, it, the defense started kind of slowing down a little bit towards the end, allowing uh, some big plays. But overall, when you get that kind of balance from your offense as well, that's what makes the game great. And that's what gets you those kinds of wins. Yep. Nick? Um, I just thought the defense was amazing uh, really throughout the game. I mean, every time that, that it, it seemed like the Cowboys were – struggling on offense or, or put them in a bad situation. They still, they, they, they managed to, to get out of it. I know that they had a, a short field a couple of times and long kickoff return. You know, they don't score anything off of that. Uh, you know, they, they just never buckled. And after that interception in the past, the Noah Brown, you know, that here they are, there's, there's Seattle's got the momentum and, and the Cowboys push them backwards penalties, you know, hurt them, but still, I mean, they went backwards there. And so I thought every time they were, the offense was kind of struggling, the defense picked them up. It's like they've done all year long and then it put them in a position and then Dak and Zeke go and, and win it. But it's the defense that, that did it again. Yeah. That's which I guess that's kind of my point. I remember, and I, you know, Twitter, you're, and I do it too. You're you're just firing off your thoughts in the moment. You're not. Most people aren't taking the time to really think about it. But how many people were like mad about what that game looked like as it was going? You know, like, well, it shouldn't have been that close. Like, well, probably not. But like, that's this team. Like, that's that's what you should expect from this team by now. That like, that's the blueprint for success. And that's what all of their games are probably going to have to look like, whether the season ends on Saturday or they go all the way to the Super Bowl. Like. The defense carries the load. The running game has to click for the offense to have success. They're probably they're they're not going to hit on all cylinders. They haven't really have they hit on cylind all cylinders across the board, offense and defense once this season. It. There you go. And against, Jacksonville's Jacksonville against a team that won four or five games yeah. and quit on their coach in November. So it, it's probably not going to happen. Is my point. And so maybe it was. It wasn't even ugly, but you get my point. It's this is a gritty defense first grinded out inconsistent team and that's how they're going to win games and it worked pretty much perfectly on saturday it was funny all, everybody that was complaining about what that game looked like it was bad football i'm like well wait till sunday i mean see get to sunday and if you think that's bad i don't think playoff football is bad i, I mean I, that's what playoff football is. that's what it is i mean it, it but comes down to it i mean yeah sorry field goals matter and sometimes you miss them you know, even though you hit everything in the world, you still miss a field goal. Not only that, but if you notice what you saw in playoff football, and this is not just this year, it's many years, what you see a lot of times is that teams kind of fill each out each other out early and the game kind of stays low scoring there early and then teams start kind of getting going and you'll see more scoring as the game goes on third and fourth quarter. That's You saw that in a few games this weekend. Uh, but I think that's the thing you have to remember here is, and we talked about this a lot last week, this defense that the Cowboys were playing, this was not some cupcake defense. Like, they got players, too. And the same things you say about the Cowboys and where they have strengths, those are the same kind of strengths that they were facing in that Seattle defense. They got linebackers that can run side to side. Nick, I remember mm -hmm. us talking during the game, like, you're not going to run wide on them very often because no. those linebackers can get there. They're not going to give you much there. They got a secondary that does what it needs to do, and they got some studs up there in the front. So, I mean, that defense is, is a formidable defense. So I don't, I don't know if I necessarily was thinking – Cowboys are squandering opportunities as much as I was thinking right now this is a defensive struggle and the Cowboys are gonna have to figure out ways to manufacture points 100% and that you know like I said I get it's it's the heat of the moment you're you're invested but I'm like why why are you frustrated this is how it's been all year and yeah those guys get paid too you're just not magically gonna score 40 points in the toughest game of the year go ahead
right. Let's talk a little bit about Dak Prescott specifically. I was about to talk about Dak, and I thought you might. Dakota! Look at some of his his stat line. He was 22 of 33, 67% completion rate, uh, 226 yards, a touchdown, and interception. Quarterback rating was 83.6. Not great. Uh, But I thought the point that was most important and most interesting to me was at six carries for 29 yards, uh, including the touchdown. And that that run that he, the 16-yard run that got them down close uh, there on, I guess it would be first and goal there at the one, that to me was the play of the game offensively because that's that's how the Cowboys have to win if they're going to win. That's what Zeke's talking about. He's talking about that play when he called him a grown-ass man because – that's that's what that was. I mean, that was just it reminded me honestly of Marion Barber sometimes of like, I'm here and I need to get to there and I don't give a crap who's in my way. I'm gonna just run over people or run through you or flip around or I don't care. I'm gonna I gotta get over there. And that's what he does. He figures it out. He figures things out. First pass, I'm gonna throw it to Gallup. I I, I hit somebody in the sweets. Second time we're gonna do the exact same thing. We're gonna throw a touchdown. He just figures it out. Which I, could have been really bad had the had he missed that again, oh, yeah, everybody again. would be talking crap. I was like, why would you do that Except again? Except for those two guys in the suite <laughs> or whoever caught it. I mean, that that, that first throw was horrible. It was. He, he throws well, it's, and, and, you know, the, the fade and the back shoulder ball, not that that was a back shoulder ball, but those balls haven't been there for him for most of the last two seasons. The so, pass to Noah Brown one, was bad. To dust it off in the playoffs and have it drop in there perfectly was pretty funny. But the one thing I will say about the pass that was incomplete there, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Brian wrote an article this morning. He was talking about that. He said what he saw back on the film study was that actually they were trying to go to Jarwin, and they actually had Cole trying to pick – uh, the linebacker, I think it was K.J. Wright, uh, in order to get Jarwin open. That didn't happen. He went around Beasley, so stayed with Jarwin. So when oh. Dak saw Jarwin wasn't open, he just basically took a shot downfield, and that's how you end up with that play and that result. So in that circumstance, I'm a little – because I was, I was one of the people that was like, why would you do that on third and two? Mm-hmm. There's no reason to do that on third and two. But when you see it from that perspective – Maybe the, the the thought was that that was a play they felt pretty good was going to be open in there. It wasn't, and he just took a shot just yeah. because and that, that's where you And that's it. the difference. His shots aren't very good. Right. Because his shots, he doesn't give his receivers a chance all the time. He's been, it's been like trained in his head. Don't throw an interception. So so try to throw it you know away and all that stuff. And some of those passes are just too far away. But the, the interception he threw to Noah Brown, I mean, to me, that one is on him. I mean, because... Noah Brown is running free from the linebacker. You got a lot of space out, out there, there yeah. and he just didn't get it out there. And yeah, it looked like it was interference, but Cooper will get that call. He did get that call. Uh, Beasley and Gallup get that call. Noah Brown is not going to get it, and it's just it's just a bang bang play. And the guy made a but nice. But you know what? At the end of the game, he did so much throughout the game that by Back. the end of it, when I was looking at the stat, I had completely forgotten that he threw an interception. I was like, oh, yeah, no, he did. I, I, I did. I didn't forget. This guy didn't forget. Did. He was about- like, you want to put him third overall? He, like, he threw a red zone pick. <laughs> he did. He did. You, you, you can, and that, well, that's. Fortunately, it worked out. That is, well, no, but that's that's Dak Prescott. Well, and that's yeah. it frustrates me that people try to, like, you know, it's it's got to be one or the other. It can't be everything. Like, he'll throw that ball. He, his accuracy is not his forte. And consistency with his mechanics and reading thing like the all of those are valid criticisms but third and 14 with the divisional round on the line he's just gonna bowl his way to the end zone and say kiss my butt y'all are going home and and then his whole team is gonna mob him on the sideline 
And five-time All-Pro Zach Martin is going to say, there's nobody else I'd rather have as my quarterback. And if you don't think that's important, you're dumb. Sorry. Uh, so, it's, so it's everything. He's got, a lot of, he's got a lot of developing to do as a passer. But he is a hell of a clutch dude and makes plays aplenty for all of his shortcomings. Yep. Uh, so. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk, a bit about, um, let's talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott. Uh, his stat line, 26 carries for 137 yards, 5.3 average, uh, and a touchdown. He also had four receptions for 32 yards. And I thought the most interesting thing here was not just how well he played, but how well this offensive line played overall. You look at the offensive line, they only allowed one sack, which for this team is a huge improvement. They were regularly giving up four or five sacks per game. Dak only got hit four times. Um, and then they were able to allow the Cowboys to rush as a team for 164 yards with a 4.8 average. Talk about the offensive line and how they performed, particularly with Connor Williams in the game. We talked a lot last week about uh, the challenges there and, and what this could mean for him as far as having to go up against a pretty stout uh, Seattle front. What do you think of this offensive line? Well, I thought, I thought the, like you said, everything there. I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't give up sacks. They didn't really get hit. They kept them off balance. They were balanced. That was the key. I mean, they were able to run uh, when they needed to. They were able to to pass. Um, that's that was kind of the, what the blueprint of this team is. And and, and I thought Zeke, you know, um, he he really did a nice job all all game, kind of taking what was there, kind of dipping underneath some some things. He just he gets so many. I hate to sound like Garrett. He gets so many dirty yards though. That's what he does. And then. Every every once in a while, he can go back to high school and just like, well, I'm just gonna bounce it to the outside and just go for 45 yards. There was um, nobody there. I'm sure, like in high he school, just... he probably scored, but uh, you know, he still though you don't really get to do that in the NFL that much. So uh, all in all, I thought he was great. I thought the line was better. I thought probably the no the best game that the line has played all year probably. Oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, especially against that front. Dak had a clean pocket, and we knew they could run because this same line opened it up for 127 in Seattle. So I had a feeling they'd be able to run. But Dak had a clean pocket more often than not. He got sacked once, and if you go back back and look, it was a stunt. Which so you know Connor Williams is a rookie who hasn't played in 6 weeks you know you never want to excuse it but it you know it's not like guys were just getting beat head up they ran a stunt to free a rusher up and that's how they got him um and other than that like i said it, it wasn't just that he didn't get sacked four hits so and what what 32 attempts yeah so four times in 32 attempts that that they got to him i thought he had a remarkably attempts, yeah. clean pocket you know, Frank Clark gave Tyron trouble in Seattle. I didn't really see that this time around. I thought they were great. And, again, what, 164 yards as a team? And that's – it's cliche. And I know Seahawks – the Seahawks fan base is killing Pete Carroll right now, and rightfully so, in my we'll opinion. We'll get to that, yeah, yeah. Which, but it's hard because there's a fine line between – you want to establish the run, and the Cowboys showed exactly why. Like, yeah, like Zeke wasn't gashing them by any stretch of the imagination, but – five six seven minutes left in the fourth quarter you start seeing things that would have gone for three yards go for nine yards and that that matters so i get why teams want to establish the run but if i was seattle i would have given up on it way sooner than they did not to go too far into uh, rams talk which we'll be doing later in the week but do you think at this point connor williams has made a good argument as to why regardless of what the status health wise <laughs> of suofilo might be uh, that he yes. should be the guy that starts this week. Yes, he's made a good argument. We'll take so that argument and we'll put it right here. <laughs> Thank you for your argument. I'm glad that you're you're making a good argument. It's I'm glad argument. I'm glad it's not just a simple, you know, it sounds like no parenting. Way. 
Yeah, that was a great argument, son. Yeah, now go I can do see why you would like do. to stay out till two. I get it. Uh, <laughs> it's still midnight. Right. Uh, I'm not there yet. You, you're getting there, but um, no. I mean, I just think Suafilo's better, and I, I just I want him out there for Sue and Donald. That's God, mainly Donald. Donald. <laughs> what? What? That's I, which this is going to sound defeatist, and I'm sorry, but like, does it matter? Does it matter? This Aaron Donald, I mean, so Suafilo is more is stronger, but Connor is probably more athletic. Donald's both. Like he's just a super strong, super fast freak. He's got twenty sacks from a tackle spot. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. If that's but I will say this: Why are they get when we when we saw Suafilo have his? First, I think it was in his first start. Played really faced, well against Fletcher Cox. Faced, faced but Fletcher, that's Fletcher Cox, who is probably second or third best defensive. Which, now, Aaron Donald's on a whole different level than anybody else. Fletcher Cox is overpoweringly strong. Yeah. I don't think of him as being particularly quick. Aaron Donald moves like an end, even though he's 5'10". And sometimes he lines up at it. Yeah. So, I, I, so I, you're right. I mean, if it, I mean, he, if it was pure power, I like the thought of Xavier Suofilo working against Sue. Yeah, but Aaron Donald's so fast. Well, let's wait and see how that ankle is doing first. Well, that's a good point. That is, because... he's, yeah, you really want him at a hundred percent, right? Yeah. yeah, you don't even want to take a guy at eighty percent against this guy because he will embarrass you. Well, um, and the great, uh, the amazing thing that this O line has been able to do, and especially this game, like I didn't notice anything, and when I don't notice anything, that's a good thing. Like <laughs> now I'm saying on the O line because then you're not also penalties. That was another thing that they were able pretty to. Clean. Yeah, pretty. pretty clean. How many did they have? They that, there were a couple though, weren't there? Um, there was a holding from the offensive or, line. I but thought there was at least not one. what we yeah. used to see. No, though. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't anything close to what we've been seeing in in recent times. I guess. Yeah, which was good. So, and another thing, considering all the guys that they've been getting out and in, like changing and switching around in the O line because of guys getting hurt, and the 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 fact that they've been able to maintain it. And although Dak, yes, we've seen him getting hit plenty of time this season. But to see where they're at right now and what they've accomplished so far, I'm pretty proud of that group. Yeah, I think I think it was time well used to put uh, to give uh, Zeke. I'm sorry, not, yeah, Zeke, uh, Tyron, and uh, and Zach all time off last week because I think that Zeke to me he looked and you and I talked about this in the press box during the game. He looked a little quicker to me than he had looked down the stretch of the season. Um, I think it makes a big difference, especially for a running back who takes hits almost every play, to be able to give him a week to be able to get his legs back, to be able to not be hit for a week. I think that makes a difference. And I think those three guys played well, like they'd had a little bit of time to, to rest. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think the being in the playoffs, you know, would will help with that as well. And the, the atmosphere, I mean, um, I don't know if you're going to get into that at all, you know, uh, but I, I think one thing that, that probably needs to be, you know, just – put way aside and, and, and is really over is, is that AT&T stadium is not a, a great place to play. It's not a home field advantage because it is a home field advantage for this team. That crowd deserves a lot of uh, praise for what, what they were able to do. Um, the whole production of everything, you know, the wide out and all that. I was a little skeptical of that. It looked like a college thing, you know, type of thing. It was whatever it was. They, they were great. They've been great at home all year long. And, you know, and you pointed out yesterday on Twitter, I mean, the only team to win at home, 
uh, this weekend. I, I just think, and was it Pete Carroll that said this? It's almost like a concert over there. It's not really. A, he said. <laughs> well, he said yeah, what he said was he said it's interesting because you come out of the locker room and you feel like you're at a stadium about to play a football game, then you go through the club, and he's talking about yeah. the, literally the club. Yeah. But he was talking about the actual like nightclub. He said you go through there, and then you're like, am I at a football game? And then you go out of there, and you're back in a football yeah. environment. So he said it's just kind of different. It's it's a different yeah. environment. It's definitely different. And it definitely has, different. It's taken a while to get there. I mean, it's this crowd hasn't always been a great great crowd but they've always been at least in my experience they've always been a good playoff crowd that's you think about the big which, playoff games that have happened here yeah they go crazy for the playoff game bar none eight it was the best at&t's been and i i missed the first three years that at&t was open but seeing as how there wasn't a whole yeah. lot of success in those years i feel confident saying and it, that was the best at&t stadium crowd ever for a cowboys game and, and it, it helps amazing. that those two wins that they've had uh, Detroit and now Seattle is that that's not really a strong road game presence. Yeah. You yeah. know, Green Bay did have some. I will say, which the the see some Saturday the Lions game and the Packers game definitely were great environments too. It's I mean yeah. the regular that's playoff football. The regular right? season has always been the bugaboo for these guys, which and that, that will continue to happen. I think, but but AT&T Philadelphia games this and, year. I mean, there were some games this year down the stretch that I really think this this crowd really helped. For sure, yeah, I agree. For sure, uh, and I've said it all. I've said it really since 1987 when the Minnesota Twins did it in the World Series. You put give them a little white flags. It it. It's about worth six points. They well, go crazy. You with know, the towels. I judge a lot by the the sound of the crowd. Like, I know. If the Cowboys made a play or if the opposing team made yeah. a play when they hear the different levels of the crowd. This time around, like, I would not have any idea. Because if I'm looking down and then I see so- or expect to hear something to see what or hear whether mm. Seattle made a play or not, I would not know. Like, I would have to watch the replay to make sure, oh, yeah, that was a catch or that was Why? a touchdown. There was no noise. Like, when Seattle made a play, there was no noise. Like, oh. I'm talking about how powerful the Dallas okay. crowd was yeah, yeah. and how they literally took over the whole AT&T stadium. I thought you there was saying. no roar from from a, the opposing team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, usually you'll even hear that. Even if it's not a huge number of fans, hey, you'll it's still a hear that lower, little roar. Yeah, yeah. You hear it. I, this, is, this is something I did hear, and I could kind of see it. When Alan Hearns was laying down there, yeah. you could hear something weird from the crowd. It was a different type of noise. And I remember looking, and it's we were way up there. I just remember thinking, that doesn't something's not looking right. The feet don't look like you normally would. And that's that's the end of what anything I've ever seen about Alan Hearns' play. Because I'm not looking at it. I don't even know. So real quick, real quick before we go to break, uh, just give us an update uh, on what we know, I guess, at this point, what his status is. You know, you had surgery, but where where is he right now and what's happening? You know, what's really fun about the social media age is like you can just get updates without trying to. Like I, you know, I tweeted I was just tweeting about Hearns from Saturday and uh, and his mom came and found my tweet and tweeted and she was like he's home Mrs. sir Hearns? yeah mrs Hearns. shout out she you know she's probably listening to this if i had yeah. to guess and yeah. shout out hope alan's doing better um, mrs Hearns? but yeah. so she tweeted me yesterday and was like he's home surgery went well he's on the road to recovery and i was like well thank you for the update i appreciate that a really touching moment on twitter as well uh one of a fan i don't know if was this the the kid who he had done some he'd done something with whatever I don't there know was a kid my head, there was a kid but. on twitter who just basically was you know kind of really distraught about the fact, and then wrote a letter to him told him he'd been praying for him 
and then uh, four that, times, four times, yes, four Pray times, four times for you. And uh, prayer works. And then he went back and sent that information over to, uh, or that information got sent to to Alan, and then Alan reached out to him, uh, and they they showed some pictures of them having a FaceTime. Yeah, where Alan was talking to we'll him, have, telling him, assuring we'll him. We'll have a story on that later yeah. on our Cowboys. So really cool stuff, though. Really cool stuff. A really cool moment that came out of a you know, very gruesome moment for the Cowboys and for Alan Hearn. He does appear to be doing well, and assuming there are no setbacks is hopeful that he'll be ready for August. I mean, it's huge. That's a big deal for him because yeah, yeah. this contract's not guaranteed next year. I mean, that, right. that's that's a big deal for him. Yeah. It really is a big deal. You know, and just it was it was really a, a touching moment. A lot of things that, that you saw there. Um, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to the Seahawks as well. Classy. I thought they, they were super classy. And I don't even know if they know Alan Hearns that well or not, but everyone knows that's those you know situations. And they were there just about every one of their team uh, teammates went over there and, and just seeing Garrett and him, you know, just with that, you know, just locked, you know, with their hands like that. You can say what you want about Jason, but he absolutely cares about his guys probably more than a lot of head coaches do. And it's moments like that that's evident. Just seeing the tears down his face, you know, just it was it was a really intense scene. Yeah, it was yeah. an emotional moment. And that's twice the Cowboys and their opponents have had to deal with that pretty early in the game with mm-hmm. Crawford going down. And the same with Hearns, and it's weird because you gotta like, okay, that sucks. Now what? Well, now what is twenty four x two blast on three? Ready break? I mean, do it again. Yeah, do it again. All right, we're good. Go ahead. Fans too for that. I remember, you know, obviously it's a gruesome injury. It, it takes time to get him off the field and do, and then the fans were right back into it as soon as as soon as that was over. Which that's easier said than done too. Yep, yep. All right, we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about this wide receiver position. There were a few guys. I came out of that game a little bit banged up, and I, I wonder how much that's going to affect the Cowboys going into a game uh, in, LA, in L.A. against the Rams. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... ...thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit directtvnow.com. DirecTV now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel anytime. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. You want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers secrets stories and more what's steven jones thinking during a game what's joe looney's favorite pregame meal we take your questions to cowboys players and coaches and you can hear the answers directly back to you just say alexa open dallas cowboys star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk ex and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. 
The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star talking about the Cowboys' playoff win versus the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. They'll be facing the Los Angeles Rams. We'll be traveling out there on Friday. Game is on Saturday night. Make sure you stay tuned for that. It should be fun. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this wide receiver position. I'll start first with uh, Amari Cooper, who had seven catches for 106 yards. No touchdowns, but a really, really solid night for them. Does it did exactly what you expect a number one wide receiver to do? Made some big catches for him at, at critical moments. That all being said, do you think that um, this offense was at all impacted by the loss of, and not only the loss, but the loss and the hobbling of a couple of wide receivers throughout the game? Because it was pretty early on when Cole Beasley had that catch, and then he ended up having the the, the ankle injury, and then you've got Hearns that goes out, um, and then even later in the game. You got uh, Tavon Austin, who who had some, I don't know if it was a re-aggravation of the groin, but all those things happening, Amber talked about it. It seemed like earlier they were getting the ball to a lot of people. That all kind of came to an end. How much do you think that affected this offense? Uh, I mean, I think it did a little bit. I mean, but but they were all able to kind of come back, obviously not Hearns, but they were all able to come back and do some things. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought that Cooper had two really big plays in that game. I mean, that 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 took him from about the 40 down to the 15 or 10. Now, if they, if they would have overturned that and, and called that a, a um, the incomplete pass, very similar to the Des play, I don't know what would have happened there. Um, yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah, but I, I thought it was the right call. I thought he was making three steps. And, yep. Um, well, that steps. is the new rule now. It's three steps. If you have the ball for three steps, that's officially a catch. I, like, all right, we're getting into like so deep into the semantics, but like I know the ball, the ball moved when he hit the ground, but it didn't look like he lost control of it right. to me. Like he still looked like he had two hands on it, and of course, it's going to move when you you know you're running full speed and you fall on top of it. So, but I don't think he lost control, and obviously the refs agree. And, and the it, point is, he it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Well, he had three he was, steps. He then runner. he had three steps, and that point, that point, he's a runner. Yeah, it's true. But then again, it happens, you know, in the in the game yesterday, in the in the Bears game, when that was a really weird play, you know. But anyways, to get up to your point, I thought the receivers. I thought, yeah, it was they were they were having some setbacks, but they were you know they were fine, and they were still you know the guy they were trying to target the most was healthy. I mean, Noah Brown was definitely healthy. I, I, <laughs> that's, that I don't get it. Shot. I just don't understand it. I'm sorry. I, I, I like him. He actually, just for the record, he, he was fourth in targets. I know. I they know. had one catch. They targeted Cooper, Zeke, and Gallup Here, more than him. Here's my thing about Noah Brown. I wish I could do Mika's voice because oh, it yeah. would be hilarious. We're calling him like, out. Well, he kept, <laughs> he kept talking about him. He'll be like, why is he still in there? And then he would no, like, go back down to writing his notes and uh, notes and look back up and then realize Noah was in there. He's like, 
he's back in there. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> it was like, hilarious. Yes, Mickey Hearns is hurt. Like he has to play, but but you know, Mickey will sit in the press box and he's got his headphones on and he, d- he still kind of forgets how loud he is. He, does, he doesn't really. That's the thing about headphones. When you have on headphones, he's, you don't know how loud you are. Yeah, he, I don't. He, does I, he forget or does he just not care? I maybe argue, a little bit of both. I, but but I think the Arr. headphones don't help, right? <laughs> um, he um. But my, my thing about Noah Brown, and, and Jason always says this, Garrett says this about rookies and young players, is that, you know, he did a nice job. He went in there. You know, the moment didn't seem to be too big for him. I think the moment is too big for him right now. I really believe what they want him to do and the type of player they want him to be, I don't think he's there yet. And I think they're asking too much of him. Yes, he's a big-bodied guy, but that doesn't mean he can block everybody. Well, who Somebody knocked him down. He was trying to block. He gets knocked down. And he, He's just not there yet. I think he will be. I don't think, and I just don't understand if there's a clause in their contracts, if he catches touchdowns or whatever. It just seems weird that they're really forcing the ball to him. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that I'm the president of the Noah Brown fan club, but still? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, he hasn't. Hasn't cost them any games, has he? I mean, no, it's not but, terrible. But you you can see that it's it's yes, a little well, puzzling. I don't blame Noah Brown. It go. I mean, it's the same thing we always say. Is like. They outthink themselves in yeah. those types of situations. They're like, nobody will ever see this coming. <laughs> we're not. They will now. We're not going to give it. To, wait. Like, oh, we should throw As it to he's Cooper. Twirling his pencil. We should throw it to looking. Cooper. That's exactly what they want us to do. Well, then we should give it to Zeke. That's exactly what they want us to do. What do you suggest? Well, how about Noah Brown? Like, he just we'll just sneak him through the trash. Which that's what that's what that play was like. It reminded me of the Lucky Whitehead play in, in Green Bay. Is like, but it didn't work. They they're just like, well. He's going to engage for a minute, and then we'll sneak him through the trash, and it'll be right there. And, like, it's great in theory, but maybe lean on the guys who you pay, you know, and I'm all situation. for let's, let's be clear, too. I'm all for the idea of being creative because the moment they're not creative is yeah. the moment all of us and all the fans out there Absolutely. want to talk about it's, how uncreative they are calling plays. So I get it. It's, I think you should throw some different things out there. I, it just is puzzling to me the amount that he ends up re- being on the receiving end of catches when he's just not been to this point. Yeah. He has not been a productive receiver for them. Not I only how that, he's no. been at practice. Like he, obviously they practice all these plays. I wonder how he's been doing in practice. I guess that he's right? probably doing pretty well, and they're probably thinking, and then go out there. We can, we can use this. Like this is something we can use in a game. It just hasn't transferred. Because there are players like that that they yeah. they're great at practice, and then you throw them in the game when the lights come on, and it just does not. It it's, just disappears. And the flips, I mean, it's the same It's the same story. It's like, well, the, it was there, and they didn't execute. So, I mean, uh, he should have had a touchdown against Washington, yeah. too. But at, over a long enough period of time, a large enough sample size, and you're like, well, maybe maybe that's part of why it's not hitting. Right. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's not a high percentage play for the quarterback that's throwing it and the receiver. Yeah. I am not a football coach, but if it were up to – like, I, if I was trying to get Noah Brown involved – I would be putting him out on the boundary and throwing jump balls to him. Like throw the red zone fade to Noah Brown because he's going to bully the DB out of the way. And I know he's got high point ability. I know he hasn't showed it here, (laughs) but that's what I would do. anyway. at least we're finding out at least right now that, you know, and I think I said maybe he's a tied in type of guy. No, he's not there yet because he does get he gets knocked around. Now, you said bully these corners, probably. But when it comes to the linebackers and stuff, he's the one that's getting bullied. So he's not ready to kind of mix it up with that. KJ Wright, what an outstanding player he was. Also, he's he was just, great. He's a stud he too. Like, let's not. Yeah, he, he is a great man. player. Yeah. 
Where is he from? Is he a Texas guy? AJ Wagner? I don't know. I don't know. Wagner he's, went to Utah State. He's awesome. Like, it, just to make that play. Yeah. Just to, like, be running with the wide receiver. and to, Yeah, he hit him early. He yeah, did. they missed him not being there for a good oh. part of the season. But Oh, that's right. He's a Mississippi State guy. I forgot that. Yeah. Um, so, if he didn't, got uh, Dak was just throwing it. He was helping him yeah. out, yeah. There you go. If he didn't play next to Bobby Stay Wagner, up. he'd get so much more credit for yeah. how good he is. Um, but as a tandem, probably the best best two or three in the league, I would guess. Them, Carolina, yeah. I mean, to throw these guys in there? Dallas is yes. coming on. But, Talking about inside linebackers? Or, um, yeah, I'm just saying tandem, linebacker tandems. I phrase it this I way. I think these two are better than those two. You think? I, I think... I was about to say I don't, I don't know if they're there yet. I, I if they're close, not. I have figured out. I have figured out a great way to qualify it. Mm-hmm. Dallas's guys are they are the most athletic duo in the entire league, and that counts for a lot. Yep. I I'll take you know Wagner and Wright have just been through the wars and seen right. some things, and can I mean I trust their instincts and their experience a little bit more. But Jalen and and Layton are I mean they're freaks. Yeah, and that's yeah. yeah, they're not they don't know as much about the position as Keekley and Davis or Wagner and Wright, but you know they can make plays they're getting that those there. guys can. And they will be there very quickly, you very know, shortly. The thing about that is calling those guys and they are they have the freakish talent, but but I will say this, they tackle well. They really do. it's not just guys that are running around. I mean that's the impressive thing about Jalen and Vanderash. And I remember when Rolando McLean was doing it. You see, you don't have to wait for the guy to tell us on, you know, of who made the play. You may not even know who that is anyways, but you know exactly who's, you know, the tackle is just yeah. by looking from where we are. We're like, oh, wow. Like he got hit at the 25 and the ball's now in the an- 25. Yeah, he didn't go another yard. doesn't go any more yards when, when Van Der Esch and Jalen hit him. I said that on Saturday night and J- – Jalen Smith is a—he's a name searcher on Twitter because he'll—he'll find the stuff I tweet during a game and <laughs> like it afterward, which I—I I would do the same thing. It's fine, but uh, <laughs> Jalen, when he when he made that tackle, he went out of bounds, you know, and it was a good play. And I'm like, I was like, is he gonna swipe it on the side? No, no, we got to get back to the middle of the field. And, sure, yeah, and swipe, and we got. He is a promoter. Cameras. He's he a promoter. Is definitely a promoter. That's all right. No, you can well, back it up on the field. I'm hit, all good with that. When you hit like a sack of bricks, which yeah. well, that's what I I was just like. It is absolutely terrifying to watch him tackle from field level. Like yeah. as physical as it looks on TV, it is downright scary when it's happening ten or twenty feet mm. away from you. And the sound, yeah. the sound effect. Ugh, I real, do not like it. Real quick, <laughs> real quick before we uh, wrap up the conversation on wide receivers, you think the Cowboys this oh. week are going to have to do something in order to shore up? Yes. That unit, because you got Austin, you got Beasley, you got Hearns, all at least will probably be on the injury report this week. Hearns definitely out. You think they need to make a move? I don't think they need to make a move right now because Lance Lenore's here. I, I mean, they have. Well, do you think they're going to move him up? I guess is I wouldn't point. be surprised. I, I mean, I'm just I'm spitballing here. Don't hold me to it. But I think Tavon and Beasley will play. I mean, they both they finished the game. So that's a good sign that they should be able to go. Right. Uh, is there a free agent, you know, guy out there that and and we did talk about we talked about before the show you know, a guy like a Deontay Thompson or somebody like that that has been here that knows the offense, um, you know, with 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 twenty nine that really help though. Well, I mean, how much is Lenore going to help? I mean, well, yeah, I, I'm just saying, but at least he has. You, you know, Dak. It takes him a while, and like the connection with no. receivers. Well, I'll say problem. you I'm have like, another injury. Let's right. say somebody well, yeah. goes down. Who do you want to run around there? Do you want Thompson or do you want Lenore? You know, and if you didn't have 29, why can't I remember his name? C.J. Goodwin. C.J. Goodwin. If you didn't have him, then I could definitely say 
you go with Lenore and he plays special teams, but I don't know how much of a role he'd have on special teams. Yeah, yeah. bringing in a guy at this point is not so much about this week as much as it is if you keep winning, and let's say for example you sustain another injury, who is the guy that's going to be the, yeah. the guy that's farther down the line that now has a, has to play a little bit more of a role? And I think that's where you have to think okay. about: Do you want Lenore? I'm sorry, my mentality was not big picture here. But <laughs> right. thank you for for bringing me well, back. I in. mean, I'm surprised. I was thinking of like just this that, week that yours is because I mean we. None of us have have gone this far, you know. I mean, after this game, but I mean, further we, than that, we've not, and we've we've now done this for twenty years, and we've not gone beyond this no, round that's coming up. We haven't. We and, haven't been uh, able to say those words that. How does that feel? Sucks. I want to say it. Yeah, I hate it. I don't, I don't even know what. <laughs> I don't even know what movie that's from, but it's from a movie, and I want to be able to say it. Yeah, I just want. I want to get to an about? NFC Championship game. We're, Going to the ship. Oh. I know. Yeah, I just want to. I don't yeah. think it's from a movie. I just think it's. But I okay. want to see what it, it is feels from like, a movie. You know? So, but I will say this, you look at these playoffs, and we said this at the beginning of the playoffs, this is not a situation where there is one team that you're like, oh, they're definitely going to the Super Bowl. There is no team like mm-hmm. that right now. Um, and the interesting thing, somebody put the, pointed this out on Twitter yesterday, the Cowboys beat the team that the Eagles are going to have to play this week. The Eagles beat the team that the Cowboys are going to have to play this week. So there's a lot of mixing up well, of these teams, and, and there's enough there to make you think, you don't know what's going to happen this weekend when these teams match up. Anything could happen. I would not be surprised with any particular outcome. You know, I think that you saw probably of the four hottest teams in, in the NFL going into the playoffs. Colts definitely number one, and they're the team that, that, that the only team that's beaten Dallas, and they and they destroyed them. You know, they're the hottest team for sure. Yeah, Dallas is right up there. Philadelphia is is super hot, and Dallas is the team that beat them. Yep. And, you know, and I think Baltimore, you would say, was pretty hot, too. And then they got cooled off quick. But, but you know, it, it just it just shows that, that you know, you can you can be hot going into the playoffs. And so far, it seems like it's carried over for yep. the most part. All right, yeah. we're going to take our final break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this defense. And then we'll also talk about, just for a brief moment, we'll talk a little, start touching on Cowboys versus Rams. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage. We should just take we should just take that to the air because I guarantee you, Cowboys fans feel you know feel similarly. That was actually going to be the second part of this, but let's just go and jump right into it. I mean, we were talking about the you know the matchup as you're watching the game yesterday, and and I know I tweeted about it. I I wanted I went into the game wanting Philadelphia uh, to win that game mainly because. For me, at least, it keeps the it keeps the hope alive. And I know this is a remote hope, but it is a hope that the Cowboys could actually, if they can win, and then if by some chance Philly wins as well, Cowboys would be hosting an NFC championship game. And Nick, you and I are just talking about how we've never even experienced that. No. To be able to experience that at the home stadium, I think that's great. And I think the Cowboys' best shot of winning that championship game and going to the Super Bowl would be playing it at home because that's where they've been dominant this year. So it wasn't so much about avoiding the Saints because I think the Rams are a formidable opponent as well. We'll talk about that later in the week when we start talking about Aaron Donald. But the fact of the matter still is, I think being able to have a chance at a home playoff game for the NFC Championship that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. The list of reasons to root for the Eagles yesterday was like two miles long. And the wrist list of reasons to root for the Bears was just, you don't like the Eagles. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And that's a big one. Which, you're right. The that Rams, is a big one. The Rams are a formidable opponent. But I think they are a better matchup for the Cowboys. I know the L.A. Coliseum will have more Cowboys fans in it than the Superdome will. True. And it keeps your chances of hosting a championship game alive, which... I hear Nick's argument that that sounds like a terrifying proposition is playing one of your oldest and most hated rivals in the to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. at your house. You know what, though? It sounds a hell of a lot better than having to go down there. If having to the go Cowboys down beat them, though, how there. sweet would that be? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Maybe yes, I it is a, a risk. Maybe I'm definitely a glass half empty person. You are. Maybe I am. I because, <laughs> because I just look at it like. Does it, the. Uh, is there. At this point, you really can't have a bad season. It's not going to be a bad season. Unless. You lose to the Rams, it's not a bad season. You lose to the Saints in the championship game, it's not a bad season. If you have, if you host the NFC championship game and you lose to the Eagles and they are sitting in your 50-yard line with the ropes and stuff and they're holding oh. the trophy and all that. And then the next week, next then, two then weeks, you like see March, them in Atlanta. Like, well, they had a good year. Yeah, yeah, a good year until Linehan threw it to Noah Brown in the NFC Championship game. It got picked off by Jenkins. And the Eagles are celebrating their sacks. <laughs> oh, that was, you're right. I mean, oh, that no, would be horrible. No. That would be horrible. All I'm saying is I think I'd rather go to the Superdome. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's all worth going to the Superdome. Because the Maybe one thing not. you say, the Cowboys have played really well at home this year. So I, I'll take my chances on that one. Is the uh, pray that they don't end up losing true. that game if they get there? Does 07 color your your, uh, Probably your thought on that because at Because I stood on the table yeah. and was like, ah, you can beat a team three times if you're better. And they, they did it better. to the Eagles that year. They beat the Eagles three times in a season, right? You know, but you this, absolutely can. This is yeah. just a, yeah, it's, it's hard. hard. It's a different. Yeah, team. how li- how likely is that to happen? And it's a different team. I mean, yeah, Bulls is is, is just different with them. Yeah. Scared yeah. scared money don't make money. Give me the home. Give me the home playoff yeah. game all the t- all, every time. Well, yep, how scared you. am I really? I'm going to go to the Superdome. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's scared. In other words, what you're saying is they're all scary. All the well, well I mean, at this you're not. That's. And that's, at this point, yes. That's yes, the flip. Right. That's the yes. flip side of it too. And obviously, that's what the players are going to say. You know, uh, Dem- Marcus Lawrence looked like he was offended when I asked him if he had a preference. He was I like, it. I thought he was going to reach up looked, and grab you by your throat. He was mad at me. I had your back though. He, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Like, <laughs> he was like, "Who ca- who cares? Like, we got to go on the road and win." And I'm like, "I, I know, but there's a, there's a difference." You know, I mean, and, not, for and, not for him. Yeah, not about about it. but that's the mentality they no, have it, to have. Absolutely, but. It's not our job. Right. It's not our job to have that mentality. And I can say for a fact that one is better than the other. And it's, so. and it's one thing if they win, you know, like if you win Sunday or this Saturday night and you're talking about, okay, Eagles play the Saints tomorrow. That's one thing. But when you say it this early and you say, I'd rather play the Rams than the Saints. Well, guess what? You go beat the Rams. Now you, now you got to play the Saints. Good chance mm-hmm. you got to go. Play so you got to, you, you know, you don't want to ever act like you're scared of anybody. It's a little different if you don't have to play them both. You might have to play both of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ho- hopefully we will. Yeah, that's, I'd be concerned if the players were saying they were one at one over the other. Like, that's not what they no, should about us. For sure. They should be thinking we're – and, yeah, that's the point, though, is that's what their coach priest uses, nameless, mm-hmm. faceless opponent, right? doesn't matter who it is. It's about what we do. Hope they believe it, right? Remember but for man, everybody yeah. else, it's okay for us to be like, I'd rather go here. Nameless, yeah. faceless opponent. Yeah, I do remember that. In front of a building that's at least 30, if not 50% Cowboys fans, just sounds so much better than – 95-5, which is yeah. probably the All right. split you would get in New Orleans. Every year, yeah. we know Dun. they're out there. Dun. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we know they're there time. because they come out to training camp. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they go out there, and, and their goal is to watch a little bit of practice and maybe get you know Lance Dunbar to sign your hat or something like that. I don't know why I mentioned Lance. it, but I'm just, you know, just somebody. All the way over there. I mean, just, just hope that they get an autograph and all that stuff, and now you have a chance to really go. I don't know Make how a much difference. it's going to cost. It's probably going to cost check, a little bit well, more. Well, check this out. Uh, right before Cody Parkey lined up to kick last night, <laughs> re- tickets tickets to the Coliseum for the Rams playoff game were 160 and tickets to the Saints game were 285 This morning, Rams tickets are 329 and Saints tickets are 180 Oh. Literally, like the Cowboys just grab the market and shift it in whatever direction they want. That's how they do. Insane. That's how they do. It's going to be... Lit, as they like to say, as the children <laughs> like to say, in the Coliseum. You know, I, I, I was thinking, like, from our standpoint, we're, yeah, we're not really going to be in a good press box either way. Oh no, no, wait, New Orleans press box isn't horrible. It's yes, it is worse than horrible. Oh, yes, I thought you were talking about the food. I'm sorry, I was, not the no, food. I'm the talking about not even that good. talking about being food's better six than miles going. High the food's way better than the Rams. The Rams the worst food in the league. Yes, by far. But maybe they'll step up in the. Well, get luck with that. My main, like, at least we'll be warm. Legends. 
That is a good. At point. least we'll be warm. It is free. The vent, like the the AC the H the AC hub for the entire Superdome is right next to the press box, and, and I it's swear super God. loud you too, to right? Yeah, it's like yeah. Well, it's not yeah. closed off, so yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you hear that everything. Is, that would be fun though. To, maybe we'll get a just kind of feel that. the environment and That's, be part of that the would fame. Be fun. Pro, yeah. pet, pet peeve of mine, and I know like very few people agree with me. Like, if you cover college football, the vast majority of those press boxes are open. Really, and it is so much cooler. I love it. Yeah, I hate how the press boxes across the NFL are all closed. Like, you could tell you've been to enough games, and we go down to the field. Like, it was amazing at AT and T. But we would have had such a cooler perspective of it if those windows had been open. Because you got you got a half inch of like plate glass between you and the crowd, and, like. So I can lean over to Rob and talk to him very comfortably, which would not be the case if it was open. Yeah, Minnesota has that, and it's awesome. Yeah. So I, and anyway. it used to be at Minnesota when they were in their old stadium. Not only was it open, but you were down like you were down lower, so you were actually within the crowd. So yeah. it was real. I thought those playoff games. Oh my gosh, it was. You felt the playoff atmosphere in Minnesota when you were playing there. It'll uh, be good press box in Atlanta, though. It will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that is here. open, right? Atlanta's open. I'm pretty sure Atlanta's open. Uh, you know what? No. Where it's we not, might be. Uh-uh. Might I might be, be thinking about their old stadium. Their I, don't, stadium. I don't know. We're just talking here. I don't know where if if the 10 of us would actually get to be in their yeah, press I don't know, box a good point. at the Super Bowl. I don't yeah, know. They'd probably split us up, I'm thinking. I love that's you know I'm sitting here thinking like are we talking about the NFC con- title game a little too much. Well, I'll just jump. Past I just jump right to pull vault to that. Hey, that's what happens when Super you haven't been there in a while. No. You just get your mind starts. You know one thing I did think about though this morning, and it was it was kind of sad. I thought, what if this team really gets on a roll and they get there? I feel for Jason Witten. Like I really f- would feel for Jason. All the years that he kind of was. Mm. trying to get over that hump, trying to get over that hump, and then the one year, the year he retires, then they get on a roll. That mm. would be that'd be tough. That'd be tough to deal with if, if you're him, right? You snooze, you lose. That's what <laughs> yeah. they say. Wow. You snooze, you lose. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> have that the same? no feel. I don't have no, any. I, I love Jason. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I have no ill will toward him whatsoever. Yeah. But he retired on like during the NFL draft. Like, I mean – the off-season program was already underway. I'm not saying yes. anybody's going to feel sorry for him. I just, I personally would feel a little sorry for him because I know how much that meant to him. And I, again, know we're way ahead of. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of games to play and a lot of, a lot of games to still win to get there. But I just thought about it. Like, I wonder if he's sitting back thinking right now, like, man, this team, they're better than I, maybe than he expected them to be. Because I wonder if they were, if they were playing, if he in his mind thought that they were going to be this good. If he would have made that decision, I wonder. Yeah, maybe he would have, but I do. I do wonder. A lot of things to wonder about in life. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, what if what if they're not three and five or three and four? I mean, what if they're four and three or whatever? I mean, they still make the trade for Cooper. Actually, it's a they good point. Asked, no, they asked Stephen Jones about that um, after the regular seasons, after the Giants game, and. Uh, He's like, we probably would have been more motivated if we'd had a better record because obviously the receivers are still a problem. Yeah. I mean, you, you all you need is eyeballs to see that. Yeah. And so I don't you're know like, if oh. I believe that though, because of how much they care about the draft, and you know, that's a, that's, that's a big pick, your first round pick. So, yeah, but if if you're better, then the pick isn't as good. But that also may also tell you that that maybe they didn't even believe in what they were saying publicly about 
not needing a number one wide receiver. Oh. Yeah. Maybe they were just at a point where they were like, you know, we need a number one, one wide receiver. We don't have one. So you don't go out publicly and say, yeah, we need a number one wide receiver, but you don't have one. Right. You have to kind of sell it um, that way. And so maybe the idea was that they always thought they needed one. They just didn't have access to one. And then when he became available, it was like, oh, we don't have to wait until draft and try to draft one and hope that he hits. We can actually go and get one that already has proven he can play in yeah. the NFL. And that just kind of. But had the they right been doing good at the beginning of the season, good enough, do you feel that they would have that mentality to where it's like, okay, we do need a, wide, a number one, well, or point. can we just keep going and pushing it like we are right now? That's my point. We're if, doing okay. If, if they, everything we've heard since they've gotten a number one wide receiver kind of flies in the face of them really thinking, yeah, yeah, like yeah. legitimately thinking they didn't need a number one. So I think they were just kind of selling what they had to sell at the time. They were going to get a number one at some point, whether it was going to be this year, because they went after Next a number year. one this year. I mean, they in the, in the offseason, they were trying to get a number one wide receiver. It didn't work out for them. So they ended up having to get Alan Hearns, which God. they kind of just painted him into the, you teams, know. Teams lie to themselves. Well, they don't lie to themselves. They lie to everybody else and then do what they actually want to do a lot of the times. Yeah. So, yeah. So this, I think this is just a situation where it kind of worked out. It fell into their laps. They didn't have to wait till they got to the offseason and you know, draft a number one and draft a first-round wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Let me say this, too. about. I mean, I, I get your point. I know what you're saying. He was a great player here, and, and, and you know, and he, he is a, we back on Witten. a warrior. Yeah, Jason gotcha. Witten. Um, but I, I'll say this, though. You know, he I, – I think one of the reasons why he didn't come back is because – he didn't believe in the team. He really didn't. I mean, I'm not trying to to, to put him and in, in, in put words in his mouth, but there's been enough people that have kind of said, you know, that he didn't really think that this team with Garrett and Dak were going to do that. And so that's what Garrett preaches all along about buying in and, and it's, uh, it's about us and we, no one else thought we would. And I really believe if Jason Witten thought this team would do it, you know, it, he, he would have stayed. And so that's kind of on him. You know, because he didn't, he didn't, he, I think he was done buying in. And a lot of fans have done the same thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm probably, I, I, he's never said this to me, but he left and he still thought he could play. I mean, I don't think he thought this team could take it to another. But that's my point. If that is true, then he still has to be, he would be thinking if they got farther yeah. into this playoff, he would be thinking, man, did I make a, a bad decision? Yeah. Although, and, you know, I hear what you're saying and I think there's some validity to it, but I mean, if that's really how he felt, then almost good for him too, because that is a hell of a commitment to make if you're not in it, you know. Right, no doubt. If you're not, it's written on all the signs all over this building. It's like if you're not 100 percent in, get out. And so obviously, you would love it if Jason Witten was part of this. But if he, I mean, yeah. turning 36 and you got this offer on the table and you're like, I don't know, man. Like I don't know if I have it in me to care in May just as much as I would in December. Then then you probably and, should retire. And he couldn't be Gates. You know, Gates is taking a different role. Gates is, especially when Henry comes back for sure. He's a, it's a different type of thing. I don't think he could have ever done that. He, he needed be the to be backup on the guy. field all the time. Not even a backup guy. Not even the starter, but just the every down starter. Yeah. Didn't even want to rotate. So it, it, it was a different thing for him. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's, you know, he's probably proud of the team at some point, but maybe he's kicking himself a little bit. But, 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 but that's. I'm not saying anything bad about him thinking that way. Who in this room thought this team? you know, would would be at this level. I, I don't know. If Not I, me. I didn't pick him to make the playoffs. So I can't remember. Did we pick playoffs? I think we picked records. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Playoffs, I said I said nine and seven, no playoff trip. 
and I'm that's fine. Hey, they proved me wrong. I, I can own that. That's cool. Which maybe Jason uh, Witten feels some regret, but thinking about thinking about how much work it takes to get ready for a season and all of that, he might be at peace with it. Like, man, that's really great for them. But I was I, just, I didn't. I didn't. My body it. maybe was just yeah. gone. Like I didn't so. want to do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. He was slowing down. So. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll jump right into the Rams tomorrow. Dave will give us a scouting report on the Rams' offense. On uh, Wednesday, we'll get to their defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Elman, and uh, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?